podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome back to a brand new TAT pod. I'm your host, Ben. And uh, once again, we are back with another pod, proudly sponsored by Sportingin, which is the best football app you can get for you. all your football news, all your tables, your fixtures, your results. And we have an amazing community on there right now um, on the TAT group chat. So make sure you get involved. Link down in the description. And today we have a special guest. Uh, we had to make a last minute substitution. Connor went to football and unfortunately he's ended up at hospital. I think he's okay. I think he's with his friend, but something happened. So I had to get Asim in last minute from Born and Red. Um, thanks once again, mate, for coming on at last minute. Appreciate it, mate. No, thank you very much uh, for reaching out, Ben. And uh, it's been a pleasure. You guys are one of the a few sort of uh, pages that I look out for on Twitter and uh, you guys are doing a great job. And uh, once again, thank you very much for, uh, you know, reaching out and uh, giving me the opportunity to come on and uh, share my opinions. It's not all rosy at the moment in the Liverpool house, but, you know, it's a cycle, isn't it? You win some, you lose some and uh, you just have to uh, get through it together, I guess. For sure, mate, for sure. And um, obviously you, you go home and away, mate, and... When you saw this lineup that's on the screen now, mate, in front of you, um, it's unchanged from Rangers. You know, I think the big question before the game was, is Klopp going to stick or is he going to twist? Because obviously Rangers and Arsenal, it's like they don't compare. It's a much different game. But when you saw that we were sticking with this formation, was you confident or did you think it's Arsenal? Like we can't really take anything from the last game. Ben, I was thinking about this on the way down. Like you said, Every Liverpool fan was actually thinking, what's going to go in? What's happening in Klopp, What's going on in Klopp's mind? Four three three, four two three one. It was Rangers uh, a test drill for the Arsenal game, and he admitted it after the 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 press press conference after the Rangers game and said, look, you know, I was surprised at how well the two did in midfield. And for me and every all the guys who look uh, into the sort of the tactical side of football. You know, the 4-2-3-1 is always, always questionable when you come up against a side that's going to force you, the force, the number 10 or the second striker, in our case, you know, Diogo, into a midfield role and basically force us back and make him chase back the other way. And then ultimately it becomes a 4-3-3 and you've got Jota playing in midfield. And I always thought we might get outrun in that midfield. And I thought the 4-2-3-1, yes, for the first 45 minutes between minute maybe five to, you know, the second goal was doing well. While I also thought it was papering over the cracks, um, Ben, because I think Arsenal got the goal so early and just mentally just thought, you know what, we need to sit back here and just counter. And the way they were, the way they were set up and playing, whether we forced them into that sort of, into, into those positions, I don't know. I don't know, Ben. But I, I do think, you know, because of the early goal, we had that system and it made us control things. But in hindsight, you'd say Arsenal had the energy in the second half to completely turn the tables around and really play on the front foot. Did they, were they reserving energy? Have they become this resilient side that they can adapt you know, got into games. And that's what is the hallmark of a great side, isn't it? Not playing gung-ho football for the 90 minutes because bet- better teams and the best teams in Europe, even in the Premier League, even forget, you know, so the European teams, just look at domestically, the top six will pick you off 
if you go 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 and how many times have we seen it just in this this season and over the season or the last few seasons as well and you have to give credit to arsenal because they've shown a different side to them and you know this going back to this 4231 was i happy i think because we only saw it against rangers you had to say you know what let's back the boys or back the team and we're taking and we're liverpool we're taking the game to them and if it means playing in an extra attacker then so be it Well, I, th- I don't think the problem is formations at the moment, Ben. It's just moments of madness that are really, really causing us just, you know, bizarre moments. Bizarre moments, mm-hmm. these world-class mentality monsters that we're seeing this year. And you can't, doesn't matter what formation you play and whether you're happy or not, Ben, you just cannot legislate for moments of madness. No, I hear you. I 100% agree with what you're saying. And, Speaking of some of those moments of madness, mate, you touched on it just a minute ago. Um, you get in your seat, you get your drink or whatever you do, and you're settling down, ready for the game, and <laughs> Martinelli's put the ball in the back of the net in a minute. And it's that right-hand side again, isn't it? You know, um, I think Saka brings the ball into the midfield and then Odegaard splits our defence into two just with a simple pass, brilliant pass, Um And then Martinelli, you know, we know about this guy. We know how dangerous this guy is. Yeah, it didn't seem like we we were prepared to stop him. And Klopp's always speaking about this guy, constantly going on about how good he is, which hopefully means we're, we're going to sign him one day. That's that's my, my hope at least. But um, we know we know how dangerous this guy is, mate. So for that goal, why why was it so easy for him to end up in that situation where all he literally has to do is take a shot at Allison to no fault of Allison's because he's not going to miss from there and then it, we're chasing a game yet again which has been a constant theme even back from last season Ben you I read some crazy start that we've how many how many games has it been now that we were chasing games so, what is it about 11 out of 13 or something so it's not a coincidence And this has become the norm. Liverpool concede the first goal. And it's sometimes normally it's been sort of around about the sixth to the tenth minute. But we've gone a few uh, steps further and conceded after, what, 58 seconds? And again, I refer back to the setup and the mentality of the players at the moment. What you do when you're conceding goals for the large parts of the last two, three months is if you have to be boring for 10 minutes and then come out and start playing your football, this is just that word that I'm using, to adapt to games, you go. And when you're, you're sort of, the chips are down, you need to make sure you're in the game. And because you cannot be chasing games, you can't create moments like Ajax and Newcastle, like we did, mm. you know, earlier part of the season, and win games in the 90th minute. It just doesn't happen. So why are you relying on moments of brilliance all the time? And uh, the first goal, I think, You know, it's it's Shimikas. It's Shimikas. We nearly win the ball in the central position. I think it was Jota. And if we if we nix it, you know, we're in. And but it's the risk and reward strategy. But I think the positioning of Shimikas it's it's alarming. In the first minute of the game, he's just far far too forward. And why are you giving someone like Saka, who Arsenal used as a bit of an outlet of, on the break? Because Saka and Martinelli are so dynamic, are so full of energy, Ben, that they can drop in in so much, so many deep positions for them. But get up in you know, 100 to 200 yards further up the field, <clears throat> excuse me, in matter of you know seconds, 
That's how dynamic and fast they are. <clears throat> and I always thought, how are we going to cope on those flanks, especially with the, the, the form of Trent? With Trent's positioning in the early, the first, first phase, from what I remember, it wasn't bad. But because Shimikas was so far forward and caught too far forward, it just allows Odegaard to go wide to Saka. And that is the ball that we needed to stop. And all of a sudden now, Thiago's out of position and Henderson's out, out of position and they're running the other way. Mm-hmm. And which helps Saka to sort of dribble inside with Hendo sort of trying to cover. But it's too late then. That's how bad the positioning of Shimikas was. And this is happening in the first 50 seconds of a game. It, it shouldn't be happening. And this is what I mean about it doesn't matter what formation or setup you play. You just need to be boring for first five minutes and make sure we're not ending up chasing a game and just going playing gung-ho football from the word go. So, and that's when, you know, Dusaka comes forward and then that's where we are, our position. And Trent needs to now make a choice. <sighs> Trent's going to get a lot of the headlines because it's, it's Trent, isn't it? But I think mm-hmm. the first goal is understandable and it's not as bad as the, the second goal. The second goal, I'm sure you're going to come on to and we'll, we'll touch on that. So all, all of a sudden, the, the ball, who was the ball that uh, played it out? It was the Odegaard that played it out uh, yeah. wide. So I think Jacker makes a straight run and a slightly diagonal run, which sort of distracts Trent. And then all of a sudden, Trent now needs to decide, does he stay narrow for that run, which he is at the moment, or does he go wide? And he decides to stay compact. And what he does is, he thought he's going to go out wide, but he still leaves a bit of space on the inside. So Trent, in terms of position, yes, he was wrong as well. But it was slightly understandable because he had a, a, another blind uh, run on the blind side. And what I believe you have to stop the goal at source. And yes, the source was Chimikas's position. It was very, very alarming to see. And all of a sudden, after 59 seconds, the crowd is up. Not that they needed a reason. The, lead, the league leaders, after 58 seconds, and Emirates just, Emirates goes just wild again. And Liverpool think, fans are thinking, here we go. You know, we're used to this then. And it's, uh, it's just become... Uh, we're just, we, we just start looking at each other, thinking how many minutes it's going to take for us to concede. And we had that feeling in Brighton, Anfield again. And I was discussing it with the lads on, a, on another podcast, saying, I, I don't think I can remember... I think I had that feeling, the same feeling at Brighton last season. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Manchester City last season, sorry. Mm-hmm. In the first half, where every time Manchester City went forward, you thought, you know what, we're going to concede. And it's the first time after a long time I had that feeling. And yesterday, you just looked at each other thinking, you know what, <sighs> we're just used to this. But yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Lack of legs, lack of mentality, lack of form. It makes you do strange things, doesn't it, Ben? Yeah, no, spot on. And I think, to be fair, once like once they got the goal, it seemed like we were doing okay. And the half kind of balanced out. And I think uh, we'll get on to the equaliser in a minute. But I was happy in a way with how the first half went because we didn't capitulate. We yeah. didn't just fold and just let them score meant like loads more like, you know, the, the fear was. We actually grew into the game. We started attacking them. Um, but just before we got the equaliser, mate, um, a few minute, moments before, obviously we're, we're subject to some uh, controversy with the penalty. Yeah. Uh, from where you were sat, obviously you must have just seen an arm up and the ball hits his arm. But I do not understand, right? And I was fine with it like at the time because um, obviously the commentators are saying, oh, it's because of how close they are. 
whatever, yeah. fine. But then the United game later on, Rashford had a goal disallowed because the ball hit his hand, which was in a far lower and a far more natural position mm. than that. And I guess in a way it doesn't really mean too much because we got the equaliser, but it it was just the start of poor officiating for me. And I don't want to go on to the officials too much because I, I speak to my brother like I will blame the officials like and if, if they're the sole reason for us losing a game or drawing a game, then fine. But the first the first thing that we need to see is the team performing well before we can blame mm. anyone else. If we if, if we played out of our skin yesterday and we didn't win the game because of poor officiating, then I'll be sat here crying about the officials, saying how bad they were. But we left with what we deserved, and it was nothing. Yeah, I, I agree, Ben. It's just the perfect scenario. When it rains, it, it pisses it down. And when you're playing badly, generally the, the decisions start going against you as well. And you're, you're yeah. right. With the, the Rashford one, look, I don't know the rule exactly how it is, but I think it's something to do with it. When you're in an attacking position, it doesn't matter if it's accidental, if it touches your hand. Because it played a part in the goal. If you've got the ball and it ends up in a goal, it's a handball. I think if it's a defensive situation, it's slightly different. It's about sort of a, the the hand in an unnatural position, which I thought it was. Yeah, uh, it was. I'm trying to put my sort of Liverpool bias to a side. I heard some comments about. Um, I think it was Ian Wright was touching on the the foul, um, mm-hmm. and he said, "Look, you know the refs need to get their act together." Um, but with the handball, I thought it was an unnatural position to where we've sat, where we, we sat, we were the opposite end, Ben. So we we didn't know we would after <laughs> the VAR check was going on. But the guys who were sat in the VAR check have about 10 million screens, and if they can't see that is a handball, then I don't know what is a handball. Um, Arsenal fans are trying to say it came off his chest first, which slightly <laughs> changes. Look, I, I, I really don't know if you're gonna start zooming into the camera that much, I, I really don't know. If it did touch his chest, then maybe the rule again. You know how how does that sort of play out? Does the rule change again if it touches your chest and then the arm? Is that a yeah. completely different scenario then? But to me, when I saw the, the 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 handball again, it looked it looked it looked a penalty. And even the commentators, commentators on Sky, Gary Neville yeah. and both Martin Tyler, uh, both my United fans, by the way, <laughs> um, you know they even said, "Look, I won't be surprised." And uh, Gary Neville especially was surprised. These yeah. guys have had sort of their uh, sort of uh, days out of the VAR studios over the summer. And they, they always go down and check how they, these guys work. Uh, and then they hear the conversations as well in their headsets, don't they? And I was very, very surprised. So, so were they. But it just goes when your chips are down, you know, these, these sort of things don't go for you. And when you're, you're playing well, these sort of 50-50 decisions go well and nobody talks about them. But... It's just those, that situation. But like you said, we're not playing well enough at the moment and we can't yeah. put these down as excuses. It's just Absolutely. those moments at the moment are just uh, really, really putting a nail to the coffin. And uh, I just don't... I, I've stopped looking at the table at the moment, Ben. I really have. Mm. Take it uh, game by game. <laughs> take it as a game by game. And yeah. we just need to uh, sit back and uh, reassess our expectations now. And uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure the management team and players are having those conversations right now. Yeah, um, you mentioned when the chips are down, mate, things don't go your way. And that's been a constant theme for Darwin Nunes this season. Um, but he did get his goal yesterday and you could see like his celebration, how mm. much it meant to him. Um, just a sigh of relief, I think, from him. And from a game of like such negativity and such poor performers, 
Mm. I think Darwin Nunes was the standout player for us yesterday, which I, that, out of every game, you try and take one positive, maybe two, like just to cling on to. And yeah. if I could take any, anything away from yesterday, then it's that Darwin Nunes is now looking more confident because the Rangers game, he was really good. And I was thinking, you know what? That's Glasgow Rangers. You can't really take too much into Like you can't read into it. Um, but how Nunes performed yesterday, um, the goal, I mean, he's just taken one touch to put it past Ramsdale. And they're the positions we need him in, in and around the box, getting on the end of chances. And it came from a long ball from Trent. And obviously, Gabriel's made a mistake. He should have done way better with that. But um, Trent's long ball catches them out and then it comes to Diaz, who puts it across. So, um, again, mate, when, when Nunes puts that in, like... Are you thinking, okay, now we're going to push on and, and you know search for a goal to take us ahead, or was you still like, mm, I'm not sure? Look, we engineer uh, a control in the game. Whether we play that sort of double pivot in the midfield and Arsenal can't really grips to it, were they expecting us to go back to a normal four three three and sort of go like for like? Uh, because I've seen their formation a few times, and a lot of the websites. You know, think it's a four-two-three-one, but it, it's yeah. not. You know, Jacker is playing more than more than eight uh, this season, and Partey is playing the lone six. And so, what was, was it? A bit of a surprise? I don't think so. I think they just got the goal early, and naturally they sat off. And even if you look, um, you know, I saw sometimes Martinelli dropping so deep with Tommy Yasu tucking in um, and trying to sort of stay compact. At times, Jacker went into a centre-back role. At times, Partey went into a centre-back role. So they all had that fluidity about them, whether it was in attack or in defence. And you have to give, give them really, really a lot of credit the way Arsenal are playing at both ends of the pitch. They're really playing for each other, really covering uh, each other. And just that adaptability, again, to go into certain formations to nullify Liverpool's extra attacker. Yes, they had the luxury of attacking the goal. When the goal went in, I had that sort of feeling, yes, we're back in. But I don't normally... Normally, when Liverpool come back into the team, I think, you know what, they're going to blitz the team now. But I don't have that feeling at the moment, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I know we're going to let in goal, you know, through the trans defensive transition is because that is the problem for Liverpool at the moment. When we lose the ball, we're all over the place. We're all over the place. And that brings us on nicely to the, the goal just before half time, mate, if you want to touch on that as well. Nice nice view from yourself right in front of you, wasn't it? So um, uh, Again, it was it was uh, the other side. The other side. Oh, this, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it was the other side. The away end is the other. Um, oh. When we equalised, that was the, our um, end. For the two oh. old, Did two they old. flip it on? Did they flip it on the telly then? <sighs> because when I went to the... Um, I went to the Carabao Cup game last season at the Emirates and it's it was I thought it would be that side, but maybe they flip it on the telly. I don't I don't know. I need to check even though I do I did yeah. see some clips of our goals, but um yeah. Yeah, so here's the I, other side. Sorry, yeah, that's yeah, the other side, but look, this is where I need to come to come to Trent. You know, it's those I think Jurgen Klopp, uh, I saw some comments. He was basically saying I, I need to take some responsibility. I wasn't vocal enough from the technical side and it's just that concentration. Again, yeah. concentration. All we need is half time there, Ben. All we need is half time. Even though we're the better side, and arguably that half time would come at a better time for Arsenal. And Arteta's sort of team talk has completely changed now. It's completely yeah. changed, saying, guys, we really need to get up high up the pitch. We need to get the grips of Thiago and Henderson controlling things from midfield. All of a sudden, 
you know, they landed another punch going into halftime after we've dominated from minute five to minute, what, 44, mm-hmm. or whatever it is, you know, when they scored their second goal. And it just, again, honestly, I don't want to sound like a broken record. It's just those lapses of concentration thinking, you know, let's just respect the situation here. We, we've got 45 minutes to win this game. We don't yep. need to go gung-ho. Yes, we like to play heavy metal football. Yes, we like to go on the front foot and blitz teams. But for one reason or another, it's not happening at the moment. And it's not happening. And when it's not happening, you need to take stock and think, you know what? We need to adapt to the situation. And again, lapses of concentration. And this was unbelievably bad from Trent. And I've, Trent, I've defended Trent. Same. So much this season, so much because you have to take a bit of perspective, context to things, and think. You know what? Every every great player goes through a bad bad patch, and this is his worst patch of form in best parts of four or five years. And what he's done for the last four or five years is unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it it just um just goes to show how bad your decision making can get when you're going through that bad form. And what he needs to do. Henderson has got Martinelli. Yes, Martinelli is a lot quicker uh, and can take any player, any defender on in the world. But Henderson's positioning and Trent's positioning is not bad the moment Martinelli's got the ball. So what you do, and which he did a couple of times prior to that, when Martinelli tried to take someone down the line or chop inside, which he likes to do, all you do is you come and you cover on the inside and let him show him down the, down the line on the left foot. And if he wants to cross with his left foot, then we trust our centre-backs to clear and get in front of the attacker. But what he does, it's just a moment of madness again. I think that's the theme of today, isn't it? A moment mm-hmm. of madness. He actually goes and bypasses Henderson and covers on the outside. Like, you know, Martinelli is completely ahead and taken on Henderson. That's what you do when you take on your marks, marker. And then that's when you go down the line and you cover on the outside and you try to cut the cross out. But the situation wasn't as bad as that. All he needed to do is show Martinelli on the inside and then tackle him. But because he came and Martinelli, speed of thought, is so good at the moment and he's a brilliant player, you know, goes without saying. He chops inside and all of a sudden he takes two people out. And then, you know, it just... uh, that is the reason why you know um, you know Martinelli is allowed to cross the ball from that angle, and you know Saka taps it in, and all of a sudden we go in deflated after having yeah. recovered from 58 seconds. We control the game. We we're playing football like we sort of not creating many a lot of chances, Ben. But I would say that we're most certainly the be- the better team. Yeah. But now all of a sudden, we've put a lot into that first half because we're trying to sort of. You know, get ahead. Um, you know, Arsenal are sat off us. Uh, but now we're going into the second half where Klopp's and at Arteta's, you know, t- halftime team talk is completely different to what yeah. they, you know, they thought they were, uh, thought it was. No, absolutely. And <laughs> you're right. It was just a real kick in the teeth because, like you say, we worked so hard to get back in control of the game and to kind of, like I mentioned before, not let it get away from us. And, we we went into the half time tra- um, trailing because of this, and I think Klopp was actually unhappy with the, the decision making of that. Um, how we just tried to attack when you know we probably should have just seen out the half. <laughs> but um, we come out in the second half and we kind of dust ourselves down and we go again and we do get the the equalizer. And 
It comes from uh, a player who's been under a lot of like scrutiny in recent time over, by Liverpool fans. And Firmino, again, mate, one of the, the players that can hold his head high this season so far. Um, mm. I just want to get your opinion on, on the goal, really. And would you consider keeping Firmino on for another for another year or maybe two years? Or like, Do you still think he's got a, a big part to play in this squad? Or do you think, OK, maybe he can have a decent season and then we move on? What, what do you think on Firmino at the minute? I'm a bit split and I don't, I don't like sitting on the fence, but... Maybe if you asked me at the start of the season, I would have said, look, this is this should be Bobby's, you know, last season. Uh, he, he deserves an un- unbelievable send-off for the player and the servant for the club that he's been. He's wore his heart on the sleeve. He's run his heart and socks off, uh, you know, for years and years. And, you know, he's a legend in his own right at Liverpool Football Club. Mm-hmm. But in terms of does he deserve a contract? Look, I, I wouldn't mind, but he needs to be fifth choice. For me, but him being at the club, Ben, it sort of doesn't draw a line under the the transition Liverpool really want to make when they bought Nunes in, and there aren't many. If for me, if you want to replace him, uh, then you go get someone who's more technical who can come into that hole and connect play. I know there aren't many Bobby Firminos around for someone like I don't know Joe Felix, for example. I know I think who could play that role. Um, and yeah, he might cost a lot of money, but you know, a Bobby, a Bobby replacement will also will always cost a lot of money. So if you want me to replace him, I think you need to go get another Bobby Firmino. But when they bought Nunes in, then is that is a completely different sort of style yeah. of play. And I feel like Liverpool maybe feel a bit confused because they've been playing and they've seen Bobby on the halfway line come in and being the catalyst to our attack and our, and our press. You know, for many, many years, you know, it just doesn't happen overnight, does it? The change, it doesn't. And I think by him being at the club and ultimately getting chances and the way we play, we'll always get chances and appearances. Yes, he's been brilliant for us in terms of getting caught, getting goals. But in terms of the setup when he plays, now it wasn't a coincidence. Arsenal played a lot better in the second half. Yes, their press was slightly different. When, but when Bobby's on the field, their centre-backs know that he ain't going to go the other way. So it naturally allows them to push further five yards forward. He used to, you know, have, you know, a yard of pace, which I think, you know, you, you lose, but you never lose that nous. So, you know, he has been getting goals. That goal was a, a brilliant run, you know, in that position. It was a number nine type of run, wasn't it? In behind, yeah. the, I think it was Saliba. And Great ball from Jota as well, wasn't it? it was brilliant ball. It was a brilliant ball. Uh, and that is the passage of play that you can sort of uh, rely on in a 4-2-3-1 with an extra attacker where Jota is dropping in the hole um, and then we've got two attackers to make that running behind. So in Bobby Firmino, I think, look, I wouldn't be against him staying at the club, but there is a definitely uh, an argument for him. He, de- he needs to leave so Liverpool can really crack on um, and so sort of implement this new style that the management really want them to play. Yeah, I agree. And there's um, a comment here from Ishan and we'll get on to other comment in just a bit later, mate, when we talk about, you know, maybe what the way forward is. I have seen it. So thank you for leaving comments. Um, he's asked, and Kunku can be Bobby's replacement. There's just a small problem with that, mate. Um, he's Chelsea <laughs> bound, it seems. So, um, no, you're right. I think he would have been a great option for us, but it looks like he's going to go to Chelsea, unfortunately. Uh, but once again, thanks for your comments, mate. And I will address your other one in just a bit later. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's a great goal. Um, always nice to see Bobby score because he just loves it. Like you can just see by his face. But um, after that, mate, that was pretty much as far as I can remember. We stopped playing after that. Like that was it. We, we were level again, um, and it seemed. Which to me, this is. I said on the stream yesterday. This was the most disappointing thing for me. We were kind of playing for the draw at this point and the subs that he made after like the 70th minute or whatever I think were very like obvious that we were looking for a draw at that point and that was the disappointing factor for me because we we know draws mean nothing for us because mm. when we've we've lost out on league titles to Man City it's because of the draws it's not because of the losses last season what did we lose two or three games yeah. 18-19 we lost once that was to City it's not it's the losses it's the draws time and time again. Mm. Um, so for me, yesterday, I was thinking to myself, like, if you lose the game by going to try and find a winning goal, fine. But to try and see it out and then conceding it towards the end of the game, putting Hendo at right mid, taking Salah off, um, and other things, bringing Canate on. I can't actually remember from the top of my head the, the subs he made, but yeah. it was just like, we're now... Like and I guess it's what you say, mate. We have to realize where we are right now because we were inferior in this game and we were scared of Arsenal. So that that's obviously why he's done it because you know we needed to just try and see this out. But at the same time, mate, that just made me realize like we have fallen so far behind because, like I mentioned last season, I went to the Emirates to the Carabao Cup semi final. We beat yeah. them with Kyde Gordon on the wing for forty five minutes. 2-0. We played them four times last season. They didn't score a goal against us. In fact, the only positive result they got was a 0-0 draw yeah. at Anfield when they thought that was like a win. So, yeah. just in the space of 12 months, mate, like, are you disappointed by that? Or do you think it was the right thing to do to try and just see this out and get a point and then move on to City? Mm. Uh, ben, uh, we had no urgency because I thought we were done. We had... Mm -hmm. You know, yes, the substitutions played a part. And you have to say, you know, the in-game management battle was won by Arteta. Um, yeah. Yes, Klopp played, you know, to his own downfall played and uh, contributed to his own downfall. But what you touched on, Henderson on the right, because our dynamic, even when Gomez, because a lot of people saying Trent's a problem, Trent's a problem, Trent's a problem. Yes, Trent has, been, have, has had many moments of madness and individual errors. This season, but the dynamic on that right hand side is just not right. And you have to give Arteta credit. He went into half time and he sorted it. He pushed on, you know, Thiago and Henderson, and all of a sudden we couldn't get out. You know, whether it's through down the sides, they pushed their press was a lot better. And I think they were pressing more in a, a 4 4 2 at the start, but they went into a 4 3 3 off the ball and it got them higher up the pitch. Bobby, like I touched on, Saliba and Gabby were a lot higher. And Arsenal had the energy yesterday and I was saying to the lads on the way up yesterday that we, we'd like you, you know, we only went to this ground around about four to six months ago and whichever Arsenal fan you, uh, you talk to, whether it was at the ground or even in Twitter spaces, wherever, they had Liverpool as the blueprint for success and they made similar uh, comparisons to what Arsenal can do in comparison to Liverpool, because they know they're not a club like you know United and you know City or a PSG where they can go out every summer and spend two hundred million, mm -hmm. and they had had this sort of philosophy and style that Arteta and I used to go into Twitter Spaces Ben and tell Arsenal fans that you need to be patient. 
with Arteta because you see the succession plan that he's sort of trying to implement and see the sort of jigsaw, the, the pieces of the jigsaws that he's trying to bring in. And not only uh, the, the signings did, did, the bring, did the signings bring, uh, you know, natural quality to the side, but they also, the likes of Zinchenko and Jesus, they bought belief and resilience and a mentality to the Arsenal team. And you saw that yesterday. And like you said, you know, Liverpool were the, t- the team that Arsenal fans envied only six months ago. And look how the tables have turned. They have become every, everything that we, we were only five, six months ago. And it's just the, the irony and how far Liverpool, whether it was, uh, how, can you, how can you become so bad all of a sudden? And I know it's not, never as bad as it seems or it's never as good as it seems as well. So you just need to sort of take a bit of, have a bit of perspective into things because Liverpool will turn it around and Liverpool is not as bad as they are showing right now. And I still have a lot of confidence that Liverpool will finish in the top four. But in terms of situations going down, um, you know, in the, with the substitutions, Ben, that Jurgen Klopp, a guy who risks everything, um, plays the, uh, is brave at the start of the game with, by playing four attackers, suddenly is found being on the back foot and he takes our match winner, our star player in Mohamed Salah off and brings Henderson on the right just to contain their right-hand side. And even when Gomez is playing, Martinelli is getting in on that side every single time. And sometimes you have to hold your head, uh, hands up and say, you know what, this is a brilliant you know, player that is it, just yeah, giving us far too many problems. And I, I, to be honest with you, I need to watch the game back and see where the problem lied. Was it, you know, our two in the middle getting stretched uh, and creating gaps in the middle and their quick one or twos were caught in the, the little triangles were going and getting the, the ball out wide and all of a sudden we're, we're chasing our backs to uh, the goal. But wherever it was, Ben, you know, we had a problem down that right-hand side and even when Fab came on, still the problem's there and you just have to hold your hands up and Liverpool have just not that team anymore. We have become more of a possession-based football team we can't blitz teams anymore. And it was not a coincidence when they went 3-2 up. We hardly created a chance. We hardly created a chance. And even, yeah, it was a bit of huff and puff. We were launched it a few times uh, with Nunes up top. But, you know, Arsenal had us where, you know, they wanted. And they had many, they had the dynamism. They had the, the youngsters playing for each other. Their press was a lot better. And all in all, they controlled the game. Um, we've never seen that with Liverpool and we've always got that belief that we're going to come back, we're going to come back. And credit yeah, to Liverpool always. as well. We did, it, it did happen twice in the game, but maybe we just ran out of fuel in the end. Yeah, um, I agree, mate. And the way we lost the game was um, very controversial as well. Um, you know, like you said, mate, I heard Ian Wright's comments and this isn't just us saying this is Liverpool fans. It seems like Ian Wright said it or the pundit said it. It was a very, very soft uh, penalty to give. Um, again, I'm not blaming the officials for losing the game. We didn't do enough for ourselves. But it was disappointing because, to be fair, it could have been avoided anyway because you see how many times we tried to clear the ball. Um, literally tried to clear it about 10 times. I think Fabinho literally gives it back to them. Um, and then they just keep coming forward and it just becomes, like you say, a moment of madness and Thiago does what he does and then obviously Jesus is a, a clever forward. He feels any yeah. sort of contact, he goes down and look, you just got to... 
you know, be honest and say like that's what that's what forwards do. If that was Bobby or Firmino, Bobby or Diaz or Salah, you know, we're wanting them to do the same thing. We're screaming, "Go down!" So um, it is what it is. It's soft, but there is contact. He's going to go down once the referee's given it. VAR can't overturn it because it's not an obvious mistake. But um, what was the the mood like, mate, when that pen went in at the ground? Was it just like a a sinking moment of realization of yeah, we're in trouble now? Mm. Ben, it, that moment, I think it was around about a minute before, where Arsenal were really pressing us and, you know, coming forward, attack after attack. But that moment of 40, 50 seconds, it became laughable. It, it was yeah. a comedy show. Shocking. And, you know, we're seeing players at the biggest the biggest moments of the matches not be themselves. You know, I think Canate couldn't get the clearance out first. Then it was Thiago who had the ball, I think. You know, he couldn't just put it in Rosehead. Put it in role Z. And, you know, we decide to take a touch. Then Fabinho, I, I think, tries to toe-poke the ball and hardly gets any distance on it. That phase of play could have been ended two, three times. And it doesn't happen. And it just invites and it gives encouragement to Arsenal. And I think that is another word that needs to be used. We kept on giving encouragement. And we've constantly given encouragement to teams Game after game after game. And it's just, we're playing games, you know, and with this is a Premier League. You don't get away with things. We're giving teams one nil head starts. And the same again for the goal. Yeah, I agree. If there's any of our attacker, we want them to go down 100%. We take the penalty and we run with three points away from that ground and we climb up that table. That's what we exactly came for and that's what exactly we want. But yesterday, that 50 minutes, uh, 50 seconds, honestly, it became... I was just thinking, what is going on? We can't clear a ball, for God's sake. And we got the just, you know, sort of ending of that in that phase of play. I ended up, you know, in a penalty. Yes, it was soft. Yes, it shouldn't have probably counted. But, you know, it, that's what happens if you make stupid decisions. Teams of the quality of Arsenal punish you. And whether it's through a VAR decision or a brilliant goal, we got what we deserved, 100%. No, uh, I agree, mate. And um, <laughs> this comment uh, from one of my <laughs> friends, I I said oh. in a group chat about two weeks ago that I wasn't scared of Arsenal and we'll comfortably finish above them. Um, so I just got to hold my hands up and admit that isn't going to be the case. Arsenal, <laughs> uh, as it stands, miles better than us. Like, you have to be honest. I am mm. honest. Um and like Asim said, we have to realise where we are at right now. And that's fourth place at best, in my opinion. Um, I, I hoped it would be different. I predicted it to be different. But for whatever reason, lack of investment, maybe yeah. tactics going stale, all these kind of different things, it's not happened. But um, listen, we, we just got to hope we turn it around. And we're going to talk about the upcoming game now, mate. Uh, just touching on it briefly. Rangers away. Yeah. You going? Uh, at the moment, yes. At the moment, yesterday night, I just thought I, I need to take a break. Um, it's that travel yesterday, and I was explaining off air to you as well. Yesterday seemed like one of those moments in the season that you know what you felt like everything's coming crashing down, mm-hmm. and it didn't help. It was a bit emotional yesterday, honestly. It was a bit emotional seeing yes, Tiago was the first one to come to the away fans and you know put his hands up. He doesn't and- need to apologize for anything. He doesn't, and I don't think he was bad as you know people make out to be. Especially the first half, him and Henderson generally had a lot of the time of the ball and control things. 
Um, and but that's what this double pivot going back to that you know formation. It's you know when teams press our double pivot, Ben. It's when you you need a progressor then yeah. where he can drop a shoulder and beat a man. Someone like you know Genie, someone like a Bernardo Silva. When they play in those positions, they've got a bit more to their game. And Thiago and Henderson like to be. There's two ways to get to the ball to A to B, isn't it? You either ping it like. Henderson and Thiago and Trent, or you progress it by, you know, taking it and dribbling it, you know, a five, 10 yards further up the field and then playing it off. But those two, because they're not progressors, and when people really pay attention to them and that formation is where we struggle, where we'll struggle. And it wasn't a coincidence Arsenal rectified that sort of problem, put a lot more pressure and got closer to them, and we, we struggled. Um, Rangers... Look, we should have enough for Rangers. But let's <laughs> we should, mate. Yeah, we, we should. should. We should. But look, it's going to be a completely different game to what it was at Anfield. And uh, that is a hostile, hostile ground to go to. It's going to be an unbelievable atmosphere. Um, and we just need to make sure we keep the ball and we let our football do the talking. And if we let our football do the talking, we'll come out of that ground and we need to consolidate our position. I don't even want to think you know, sort of about dropping points or even losing our Ibrox. Because if we do, then we've got top four in danger and we've got our qualification in danger for the Champions League. And if we didn't, weren't in a crisis before and today, we most certainly will be uh, if we do anything daft uh, on Wednesday night. Yeah, um, I agree with what you say, mate. I, I did a stream before and I, I put in a few like younger players in the lineup and then... Mm. I, I realise what you just said. Like, if we mess this up on Wednesday, then we've got Ajax and Napoli to play, and you've probably got to beat one of them. Um, yeah. Ajax gave us a good game at Anfield, so away it's not going to be easy. And I realise actually we kind of need to go as strong as we can to get this game done because if we win, we're we're, in, we're actually in a good position there. Yeah. Um, because obviously Napoli will play Ajax, and they battered them last time. So, um, yeah, I'd go strong again on Wednesday night as as we can. Um, but yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is it now, isn't it? Champions League is is pretty much what we have, um, still in our own hands, I guess. So if yeah. we can sort things out quickly, yeah. you just never know. It would be the most Liverpool thing to happen. Like you know, five when we won it, we finished what fifth. Um, <laughs> so I'm not saying it's going to happen. We're a million miles away from looking like anywhere near one of the best teams in Europe. But you know, we have time on our hands to turn it around. It's only been eight games. So there's still a long, 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 long way to go. Well, of course. Um, yeah. And just, you know, just to touch on this guy as well, real quick, mate. Um, the news broke up a couple of hours ago. One man that won't be playing on Wednesday night is one of our best players this season. Second, yeah. Top two best players. He's going to be out, mate, until December. Luis Diaz, how much of a blow is that for an already struggling side who Luis Diaz was basically carrying for the last three months absolute massive absolute massive we can't really explain how big this loss is Ben you know and like I said you know if when the problems are bad they just keep on mounting <laughs> up and it's Liverpool like as well isn't it everything when we have a, a really good season it's unbelievable we nearly complete, completed football last season it was unbelievable and obviously we fell short in the end of completing football but the journey was unbelievable even you know when we won the Champions League it was unbelievable. Well, that unprecedented season where we had a million injuries. So we don't do anything half-hearted, do we? We either no. from here or here. So 
now we're facing a situation where, yes, like you said, one of our best players is injured and not, not you know, just only how much of a, a goal threat he sort of uh, possesses, it's how he plays. And sometimes there's been many, many moments this time, this year, that he's carried us, Ben. He's carried us, you know, and where we've <laughs> nearly every game we've uh, let a goal down and he's, he's just wore his heart on his sleeve and he's provided and he's put up, he's took, taken us about five, ten yards further up the field and carried this brilliant, brilliant Liverpool side. And there's so many big, big world-class personalities in that. But this guy who's just been in the club for about a year and he's, only, he's already become one of our favourite players in the stands is because of the way he plays and the energy he has, has because his energy rubs off on us. And especially when you really are, you know, having those lull moments in the games where you need someone to create or do something. And yeah. sometimes it just needs a moment of brilliance. It needs a moment of a, a hard tackle, crunching tackle in midfield to really revitalize the stand, the people in the stands and the team. But he's been brilliant. You don't need to, me to tell you how good he's been for Liverpool, but Trent's going to be a miss, big miss as well. I know he's, um, uh, he's playing badly at the moment, but he's an integral part of our, our attack, even though he's not defending very well at the moment. He's an integral part. And the way we play, we go through him a lot of times. But now again, we've always been talking, all, all of us have been talking about 4-3-3 to 4-3-1. But all of a sudden now, with Trent not playing for us, you know, we need to sort of adapt again. And these tweaks that we've been making since Nunes has come in, since Harvey Elliott has been playing that right-sided midfielder role, since you know we've reverted, uh, gone back, gone to a four-two-three-one. Every tweak that we gen- we seem to make at the moment is not working for us. So mm-hmm. and now a few more tweaks. So let's see how it plays out. And I think what we need to do is take a step back. Um, management need to call the players in, and which I'm sure his Klopp and his management team will do to, uh, over the next. You know, coming days is reassess our expectations, reassess our season at the moment, and maybe you know this World Cup couldn't have come at a better time for us, where it just splits the season, it takes a bit of the pressure off. Um, the players will go away and play for their countries, come back. The guys who are coming and work on their games, and look and look at themselves in the mirror as well. The guys who are staying in behind, get their fitness levels up. Um, and have a bit of rest mentally as well because I think mm-hmm. games are coming thick and fast. We just cannot sort of take stock of where we are at the moment um, because we're just you know tr- playing every two, three, four days at the moment. But I think this Liverpool, this period now up until the, the World Cup, Liverpool need to treat it as a, a little mini season, a little mini season, get through drangers. Just it's important not to get beat by Manchester City. And I'm, I don't know why I'm saying this, and it, it feels I, I'm hurt. I'm saying this where Liverpool have started coming, uh, sort of at the moment where we say we're saying Liverpool just don't need to get beat by Manchester City, but we need to be re- realistic as to where we are and what situation we're in. Well, once we come out of that, I think there's some favourable fixtures as well. I think it's West Ham, uh, Southampton, and Forest. So if we're in touching distance, in touching in distance, we can't be out of it going into the World Cup, if we're in touching distance of the top four going into the World Cup, then I'm sure we can use that period during the World Cup to come back and mentally sort of uh, go again for the second part of the season. I agree with what you say, mate, um, completely. And yeah, I think, first of all, the Diaz stuff, um, 
I agree with you. It's a bigger blow than what anyone can imagine. And I went to his debut against Leicester City. Um, was lucky enough to be in the cup on that day and witness his fantastic performance. Mm. Um, you know, he his Anfield debut. He was just different gravy to anyone on the pitch. And ever since, every time I've been going and been going, he's just constantly been the one that just like when you're there in the ground and you you want to see that like entertainment factor that guy that's going to get you on the edge of your seat like yeah. Palace this season I went to that one as well the goal he scored was just out of this world and ever since we signed him I've just like game by game just loved him more 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 and he's he's a huge blow a huge huge blow like you said mate he's carried us for so long now he's been the one out of all the forwards Mo Salah sitting on his 350k contract now um, and look, I, I will cut Salah some slack because I think the new position that he's playing in does not suit him whatsoever. But time's going, so we're not going to delve too much into that for now. Um, but it's been Diaz this season that's been getting us out of stuff. And to not have him now, um, Isham makes a good point. Maybe we do have to go back to the 4 3 3 because we can't use all our forwards in one game now. We've got to have some to fall back on if someone gets an injury. So it'll be interesting to see what we do. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll think of something, but I just want to ask you this question to finish, mate. And this is the most important question I'm going to ask you in this stream. This is the conversation that's been going around on Twitter today. I know my answer. I think I probably know your answer as well. Is Jurgen Klopp still the man that you have you have all your faith in to get this team out of this rule? Because I know it might sound silly asking you this, mate, but this question's been going around a lot on social media. So thoughts on Klopp at the minute and, you know, are you still confident mm -hmm. that he's the man to get this team out of the mess? Of course, of course. He's one of the, the best managers we've ever had. If anyone had credit in the bank, is is Jurgen Klopp. And we live in a world where, you know, this cancel culture or we live in a world where someone has three games, they want the sacking. I think Jurgen Klopp has a relationship with the owners, has a relationship, a deep relationship with the fans and a connection with the club that if anyone's going to turn, turn us around, it's Jurgen Klopp. Why I feel sorry for him at the moment, uh, Ben. Why I feel sorry for him because I think this manager hasn't been backed enough. And look, I had I tweeted out yesterday that you know we need answers uh, for the lack of investment because ultimately, where you can't you can point your fingers at the lack of legs, the lack of mental freshness, the lack of physical freshness, the lack of form. Call it what you want. Just but ultimately, if you do not re refresh the team year in, year out, and provide competition for the existing squad, then you're just not going to progress as a team. And Klopp has worked miracles, miracles. He's turned £30 million players into world beaters, the likes of Mane and Salah. The list goes on. But you can only work, you know, work your magic so much. Ultimately, you sometimes need the support. Why you need the support? Because you're dealing with the best in the world. In Manchester City, you're dealing with Chelsea, Arsenal, United, who have spent millions and millions on their squad. And it only takes our squad to drop off and them to just get better. And we've allowed, we've allowed this period to take place because we've just stood still and expecting to, for Klopp to work with his magic with the current squad. And I feel sorry for him because he needs to be backed. I believe this squad now, especially a Jurgen Klopp team that relies on its engine in midfield, that blitzes teams, outruns teams, outmuscles teams. This team has lost its legs. Yes, there is a lack of confidence, and we know that. And they've really, on an individual basis, 
They're not really going for it. Uh, uh, they're not at the races. But, you know, this team, it's not a, it's not a coincidence why what we're seeing now is a problem in the midfield because, you know, you, we bought two midfielders since uh, 2019 when we won the Champions League, Thiago and Arthur Melo, who's, you know, unfortunately <laughs> got injured for the, you know, for the next three, four months. Yep. And this is why I feel sorry for him. And there is a, a, a counter-argument that's sort of put towards Klopp that he's too loyal. He's too loyal to, you know, his players, the likes of Henderson and, uh, you know, James Miller and these guys. But ultimately, I think you have to sort of adapt to your budget of the club. You know, I'm sure he wants, you know, a sure many type of uh, signing, which we proved that we went in for him. So I think, I feel, I think this manager needs backing now. And maybe the owners realise that, you know, this the danger of falling out of the Champions League. They just need to make a move. And whether that's in January or a big, big summer, I don't mind when it is. Obviously, January would be nice. But this mm. summer, if we can somehow get Champions League and then really, really go big, then really go again. Because this second phase of Klopp 2, 2.0, was supposed to be, you know, a successful one. And, and yes, I believe any team goes through a transition. But in today's elite football, doesn't matter how good of a manager you are, <laughs> whether it's Pep Guardiola or Jurgen Klopp or anyone else out there, if you don't spend on the squad, you ain't getting nowhere. Yeah, I agree, mate. And look, it just sounds like a stupid question when I ask people this because I, I know the answer and obviously you you go to the games and I don't know anybody that goes to games that isn't for Jurgen Klopp. You know, like you say, he's got such a good relationship with the fans and um, I think it just it's just different when when you're there and you're absolutely right. There's there's no one in in the world that I would ever consider swapping for him. Um, you know, <laughs> if even if it got that that bad, like I would still trust him to do something. You know, 2021. Like I think Ishan commented a bit earlier on. That's the worst it got for us in terms of injuries, in terms of you know devastations within the manager and Allison's family. Like, and he still guided us to a third place finish, despite you know losing six on the bounce at home. So if you look at those factors and look, I, I know Chelsea are a lot stronger now than what they were. Spurs are a lot stronger-ish. Um, United are seemingly on the rise, according to, to their fans, etc. So it's going to be a lot more challenging this season, I think, to get that top four spot than what it was then. But I think you make a great point about the World Cup. That is probably going to be the perfect time for us now to just kind of hit the reset button let players go away that are going away. The players that aren't going away enjoy a holiday or something, just switch off um, and mentally and physically prepare to go again for the, the second part of the season because this team of players, they, they they didn't turn into bad players in the space of three months. It's yeah. almost impossible. Like It just doesn't happen. Um, a lot of them are still 28, 29, so they're not out of the peak. They're not out of the primes just yet. So yeah. they've still got a lot to give. And for whatever reason, that's not happened this season. But we've just got to keep keep having faith, keep having trust in the manager. And if nothing improves, the conversation will be asked again at some point. But yeah. the sample size for this season is still too small. Um, like we've both said, we are a million miles away. Expectations have to be readdressed. And I think we're all on the same page. It's going to be third or fourth, absolute best. Um, and then maybe a cup run of some sort. So we are aware that we aren't the team we want to be. But... Um, Look, we'll get there again, maybe not this season, but if we just back the manager in the way that we want, get him the plays that we can all glaringly see we need, we should be okay. But um, guys, 
thank you for watching. If you made it to this point, Asim, you're a superstar for jumping on, mate, when we needed you at very last notice. But do you uh, want to just quickly say where the guys can find you that are watching you, bro? Yeah, uh, you'll probably find me on uh, Twitter and uh, the other sort of social media platforms. But uh, as you know, Ben, uh, we launched a channel called Born and Red, um, sort of giving people a match day experience. We do shows on YouTube as well and other social media platforms. So, yeah, they'll find me on Twitter on AsimBNR if you like and subscribe uh, on Born and Red as well on YouTube. That would be great. And, yeah, thanks again for having me, Ben. You're a star and uh, continue the great work you're doing as well, mate. Thank you very much. Problem, mate. Thanks a lot for joining us. Guys, that brings me on as well to end the stream. I've not even said it yet, which is poor from me, but please smash the like button and subscribe on here as well. Obviously, still relatively new to bringing the podcast onto YouTube. They were just on Spotify up until recently, so we're still growing. Uh, so help us out smashing the like button, subscribing. Yeah. It would mean a lot. Morton in group chat, link in the description. Have your say on the team, the manager, anything you want, and um, we'll see you over there. So take care, guys, and we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.